millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. We welcome you along to the programme uh, with Met Aaron saying today is set to be the hottest day of the year so far. But because of the heat that's coming our way this afternoon, there is now a yellow thunder and lightning warning and that's for all 32 counties of the country. Now we're expecting temperatures here in Cork to be around the 25 degree mark. That would be the top figure but Mid Aaron say it could even go as high as 28 degrees. It could be hotter in some parts of the country and because of that heat building up. Thunderstorms are going to roll in and they'll bring with it localised flooding and a lightning and the status yellow thunderstorm alert uh, goes it remains in place from I think it's about 4 o'clock this afternoon but it will remain in place until tomorrow morning one Met Aaron meteorologist said it's going to be hectic weather and it'll be interesting over the next 24 to 36 hours so you have been warned be careful later on uh, today now uh, John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls at 1850 lots of topics uh, to cover today on the programme but I want to bring this uh, to you and it was a gentleman by the name of David D Higgins put this up on Twitter yesterday and it is a breakdown county by county of the number of COVID-19 cases in Ireland. But what's important about this particular graph and and these particular set, set of figures, it shows county by county the number of days the county has been COVID-19 free and that is to say that they didn't have any new cases of COVID-19 it's not to say that people in the area don't have COVID-19 and are recovering from it but these are no new uh, cases and of course as with any of these things you look to your own first don't you so I went straight down this list to take a look at Cork and it certainly is good news for Cork. This was up to last Monday 22nd of June by last Monday we were seven days one full week where we did not register a COVID-19 positive case. Now I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hope that we've gone through the rest of this week which would mean we would be day 10 today COVID-19 free if we didn't have any reported cases on Tuesday Wednesday or today and if you look back on the numbers the numbers were very low I mean even yesterday and I think that was probably the first time ever sadly the people that died there were six people had been recorded to died in the previous 20 24 hours but there was only five people had tested positive and I think I'm open to correction but I think that was probably the first uh, time that more people had died than had been recorded with new 
cases recorded uh, positive but we're set we were set up to Monday we were seven days uh, COVID free and just taking a quick look around the rest of the country who else is doing well Leitrim well up there 18 days with no COVID-19 cases. So they will be getting, you need to have two 14 days. You need to be 28 days before they'll officially say that that area is COVID-19 free. And you remember poor old Kerry managed to do that. And then unfortunately they got uh, two new cases. So they had to reset to zero and start all over again. So Leitrim are leading the way at the moment. 18 days COVID-19 free. Longford 17, Wexford 16, Clare 13, Donegal 11 and Galway 10. And then eight days COVID free Limerick, Monaghan and Sligo then us in Cork are next on seven days COVID free followed by our neighbours in Kerry. They now have recorded four days with no new cases of COVID-19. And then on three days we've got Cavan, Louth, Mayo, Offaly and Westmeath. Dublin you know, because Dublin, as we know, have the most recorded cases. They've over 12,000 COVID-19 positive uh, cases since we started this, since we started recording the numbers back in March. They are now two days up to Monday. They were two days with no new cases of COVID-19. So that certainly is good news for Dublin. Leash were also two days in Carlow and Roscommon were one uh, day uh, each. Wicklow uh, recording the highest number of new cases. They had 16 new cases up to last Monday Kildare on 19 and then Tipperary who had been 12 days COVID free and there was great excitement in Tipperary unfortunately they recorded two new cases on uh, Monday and Kilkenny Meath and Waterford all recorded one new uh, case but certainly some great news for Cork let's keep our fingers crossed we're all in this together let's keep doing what we are doing and that's one of the issues that we're going to talk about and deal with today on the programme the lifting of restrictions and are we coming out of lockdown too quickly it's one of the uh, we're going to speak in a couple of minutes with former broadcaster Gareth O'Callaghan because we spotted that he was tweeting during the week he feels we're coming out of lockdown too quickly so it'll be interesting to talk to him about why he thinks we're coming out of it too quickly so we welcome uh, your thoughts and comments on that uh, as well uh, I mean I can already see people are rolling in on this uh, Patricia the virus brought this country to its knees the one thing we have learned is that rules must be obeyed but they need to be obeyed by the rich and the poor the virus doesn't discriminate so we need everybody We need, as I said we're all in this together we need everybody abiding by the rules that are put in place like the social distancing the cough etiquette keeping you know um, hand washing and just abiding by all of the rules that the experts tell us and we know we've been we've been very good we've been particularly good in, in lockdown and because of that we can stand here and say we are now seven days here in Cork COVID-19 uh, free and Eileen in Clonakilty says Patricia I'm moving out of lockdown too quickly well I took our children to Gugambara last Friday for a day out after all their hard work doing their school work and being so good dealing with everything since lockdown was introduced last March now we stopped in Bantry to purchase some bits for our picnic I have to say when we were doing our shopping in the shop a large international store I felt very 
uneasy. People were not social distancing. We were almost being pushed into each other and being pushed out of the way. It almost frightened me. I ended up rushing through to get the bits and pieces I needed and I left that store as quickly as possible. This was at about 12 noon on Friday so I suppose a busy shopping time but still shouldn't be happening. I live in Clonakilty says um, Eileen and I have not experienced any of this unease here in Clon. People keep their distance, they show regard for each other uh, needless to say, I will think again when shopping in another town. It's a pity people are being disrespectful and thoughtless, says Eileen in uh, Clan. And I know I have heard some of our uh, experts like Tony Hulhan, any of the, the experts from Neffert, and they always say if you, you're right to do what you did, get in and get out as quickly as possible. If you're feeling uneasy, then get in and get out. Or if you go to somewhere where the world and his mother have decided to visit at the same time that you were planning to visit, turn the car around or if you're walking, turn or do a U-turn, just get out of there and come back on another time. Uh, there is a kind of a personal responsibility thing. We all have to look after ourselves. But it is very uncomfortable if you're in a situation where you're doing your best to social distance. And, and certainly I find whenever I'm shopping, I find that I have to agree with you, Eileen, I think the majority of people are most respectful. I know certainly if I'm, you know, only the other day I was queuing up to get chicken or something and there was a woman in front of me and I left her and she was, you know, taking her time. Not taking her time, but, you know, she was looking at what she was going to going to buy. And then she suddenly realised I was standing behind waiting and, and she said, oh, I'm really sorry. And I said, no, take your time. Take your time. I'll be doing the same thing in a minute. So she finished doing what she was doing and then I approached the counter and I did, you know, I got what I, I needed. And that's what we all need to do, I think. And that's why I'm always saying to people when you are going shopping, don't be in a hurry to go shopping. You absolutely know what you need to get. Get in and out of the shop as quickly as you can in that you know what you need. But don't be under a clock start that, you know, you enter a shop at half two and you have to have all your shopping done and be home by three o'clock because that puts you under pressure. And that's when you're going to forget about social distancing because you're more concentrating on trying to, uh, because you need to be somewhere else. So we just, we all, a bit of personal responsibility. And just think of other people as well. I I think the one thing that COVID-19 and this whole lockdown has done you you never know what's going on in somebody else's world and we've had so many people contact us you know to talk about how lockdown is affecting them and to talk about how nervous they are about covid-19 you know there are co- there are you know, cohort of people who don't really care about covid-19 and they have the attitude if i get it you know i'll be sick for a few days and then i'll be fine or if i get it or i mightn't get any symptoms at all there is that kind of mentality but then there are other people with underlying health conditions or who are living with a person who's got an underlying health condition and they are absolutely out of their minds with worry and then when they go to some place like Eileen describes and they need to do their shopping and there's that uneasy feeling that people are too close to them and you don't know if the person beside you has COVID-19 or not it does make people very very anxious so just think of others and let that you know let's all be kind and think of you don't know what's going on in somebody else's world and give everybody that little bit bit of space thankfully we're gone past the panic buying there's lots of food items in all of the shops we're not going to run out of any anything so just give people that little bit of space and can I also say thank you to a listener who has responded to something that we did during the week when I read out a heartbreaking email 
from a gentleman who was talking about caring for his dad. Himself and his wife look after his dad, a man in his 90s. They've been doing it for the last 20 years and a man in his 90s who thankfully is in good health. They don't have any home health. They don't have anybody coming into the house. But they don't need anybody coming into the house to look after him. He's a great man. And he... before lockdown used to head off to his daycare facility once a week and it was a daycare centre that operated out of Skibbereen Hospital and the man absolutely lived for this day out he would go to meet other older people and he, you know he spoke about how kind the staff were and he'd be able to talk to the staff about I suppose stuff that he wouldn't be able to talk to his, his son and daughter-in-law about but his world revolved around going to the daycare centre and there was another facility I think that Skibbereen Geriatric uh, Society used to have as well and come hell or high water he wasn't going to miss his days out of the daycare centre even if it even if it was to coincide with a family wedding there'd be a big dilemma you mean I have to miss going to the daycare centre and then of course suddenly in March all of those daycare centres were closed and this man's world almost seemed to be pulled out from the rug was just pulled out from under, under him and his son wrote you know to talk about the effect it's having on his dad and that he can see the effect that's having on his dad and the reason that he emailed us just to sort of for everyone to think about older people and how they're being affected by lockdown was because he's his dad had actually said, I suppose they've forgotten about us altogether at this stage, have they? And he just, it was, you know, and he also spoke about the fact that the, the daycare centre ended and that was it. There was no communication. There was no Zoom calls. There was no, you know, calls to see how you're getting on or what's happening or we haven't forgotten about you. And, and just he, he wrote to us in the hope that, you know, we'd put a bit of a, a spotlight on it and just to in the hope that, we could in some way find out or could we push in some way for the HSE to make the decision to open up these daycare centres. There's so many people need them. Well, I've had a response to that from a listener to say, I didn't hear your show on Tuesday, but a friend of mine told me what you were talking about. So I listened back on your podcast. Now, I'm neither texting on behalf of the HSE nor on behalf of the management of any service, but I am a staff member of a service which had to be suspended due to COVID-19. My heart went out to that elderly gentleman and to his peers who are so missing out on their daycare centre. Can I just say in reply to his son's query regarding the staff of the centres that we have been redeployed to other hospitals, etc., Unfortunately, due to GDPR, we would not be able to bring clients' phone numbers. But I, along with other work colleagues, did try to ring a number of our clients. If we could get their house phone number on the old-fashioned phone book or if they contacted us and left us their number. Please God, the daycare centres and all of those other services that were suspended will be up and running in the not too distant future. For obvious reasons, I can't say where or in which service I work. It is a shame that management didn't put a means of communication in place. Please don't uh, read out my name. Isn't that just well done, well done to that staff member who's very much caring and thinking and very much acknowledging that they know that the clients are, are missing out. So hopefully, let's take some solace from that and hope that those daycare centres will be back up and uh, running. We're going to be talking about staycationing on the programme today as well. 
with one suggestion from one of our listeners saying that when we are holidaying this year, if you're in the lucky position that you're going to be able to go away on holidays this year, should we only holiday in our own county? I mean, when you think about those numbers that I called out in the counties around Ireland that are COVID free, including our good selves here in Cork, why would we want to bring people into our county who may, who just may have COVID-19? So, Should we continue with what we're doing and all stay in this locked, almost a lockdown in our own county? We know at the moment now whether that's going to change. It does change, doesn't it, from next Monday. At the moment, we're told to stay in our own county. Should we extend that so that during the summer months, we're only allowed to stay in our own counties? Therefore, we need to go on holidays. You holiday only in your own county. We people here in Cork we would stay in Cork Kerry people would stay in Kerry Leitrim people who are the who are the highest 18 days with no COVID-19 cases Leitrim people would stay in Leitrim Clare people stay in Clare Donegal people stay in, in Donegal uh, and on and on and it goes should we be doing that because we uh, we know that air travel is very much going to be a focus of attention for the cabinet and air travel restrictions which are to be eased by the second week of July according to today's papers, are going to still apply to passengers arriving from Britain. Ministers have have decided to exclude Britain from the plan, you know, to join these air bridges that we spoke about yesterday and they'll set up air bridges with other countries. And now by excluding Britain, that could affect diplomatic uh, relationships. In a memo given to the Cabinet Subcommission Committee on COVID-19, ministers was told it is highly unlikely Britain will be included in the approved list of countries safe for foreign travel, which also means that those arriving from Britain must and will have to still undergo the 14-day quarantine period. That's because Britain's attempts to tackle the virus has been significantly poorer poorer than it has been here in Ireland or indeed other European countries. Application of further restrictions by Ireland to travel from Britain will add to those concerns and may be seen as a unilateral suspension of the common travel area. It'll be interesting to see if they do decide to say we're opening up to other countries but if you're coming from Britain you have to self-isolate for 14 days it'll be I think there will be diplomatic ramifications I'll be I'll wait with bated breath to see what Boris has to say uh, about that the air bridge arrangements are going to be with other EU countries and they're going to look at EU countries which have similar or better success to tackling the virus than we uh, have and that obviously then is going to clear the way for summer holidays to countries which have been deemed safe concerns were expressed at the meeting over an increase in cases of the virus in Ireland in the last week or so from people who have travelled overseas. It's also been noted that there has been spikes in a number of EU countries where restrictions have been lifted. That's why we've got to be very careful about lifting our restrictions. But the Cabinet Subcommittee said Ireland's approach to easing subscription, easing restrictions will be partially based on the EU approach and will also draw on the European Commission's approach for determining the success of a member state in tackling the virus. However, according to a spokesperson, it is proposed that at least initially Ireland will adopt a more gradual, cautious approach in identifying comparable or approved uh, uh, countries. The memo says the restrictions will continue to apply to travel from countries not deemed safe and mandatory restriction movements will then be introduced. The government also plan to introduce temperature testing 
diagnostic testing and they also want improved contact tracing to identify potential cases of the virus and that obviously will limit any uh, travel related uh, spread and I think it is probably the one that worries most people is this idea of foreign travel and people leaving this country but people are also fearful about people coming into this country and we have to try and get the balance right because we have a tourism sector that's trying to get off the ground and I know and there was a lot of pictures on the papers today and I saw it on social media yesterday it was the hottest day of the year in the United Kingdom yesterday I think it went up to around 33 degrees there are photographs of beaches in the United Kingdom that my goodness you wouldn't get a piece of paper between people they were so packed in on beaches there was certainly no social distancing going on it was the first day also that restrictions have been lifted in the UK but you would wonder the only thing you could be hopeful of that they were outside and warm weather and we know the studies out showing that the virus gets killed much quicker in warm weather so you would just have to hopefully keep your fingers crossed that uh, nobody turned up to any of those beaches with COVID-19 and then spreads it around and then everybody heads home um, bringing the virus with them. A number of calls this morning already from people on the 3 network saying they're unable to make calls or use data in the North Cork area Area. We're checking in with uh, three on that issue. So if you are one of those people, hang in there. Hopefully we'll have something back from uh, three before the close of the programme to find out what is uh, going on. On lockdown and coming out of lockdown and the good news story in that we here in Cork up to Monday, we were seven days without any new cases of COVID-19. Michael says, Patricia, yes, it's great to have a good news story about our county and about COVID-19. Long may it remain that way. And yes, I would encourage everyone here in Cork to spend their holidays here in County Cork and really get to know it. County Cork has many wonderful possessions within its boundaries. Its total area is one eighth of Ireland. And yes, while we do that, let us make ourselves heroes by wearing masks. We are regularly praising frontline workers for saving lives and rightly so. Let us, the general public, do likewise by wearing masks to save lives. It's estimated that had face masks been worn in Britain alone, tens of thousands of lives could have been saved. So please, says Michael, wear that mask. You're saving yourself and many other people thanking you. And actually another listener kind of backing up what Michael is saying. Says, hi Patricia, at the start of COVID-19, if you saw somebody out in public wearing a mask, you were a bit wary of that person because initially the advice had been if you had any symptoms or you thought in any way that you might have COVID-19, you were then asked to wear a mask. So therefore when we were out and about and we saw someone with a mask you were kind of giving them a wide wide berth now the advice is for all of us to wear masks so I'm wearing one when out shopping I was in Wilton Shopping Centre this week and I guess about 5% of people were wearing masks I actually felt out of place says this texter people need to wear masks and they need to wear them now and I know We'll hopefully do a piece on it later. There are talks of that it's going to be now mandatory if you're on public transport that you'll have to wear a mask. They have been calling for people if you're on a bus or a train or in in Dublin on you know the Lewis the trams uh, to wear face masks. And it seems the the voluntary call to wear them that message is not getting through. So they're now going to make it compulsory as they've already done 
in the United Kingdom in order to get on any public transport you have to wear a face mask and they're going to do uh, the very same thing here in Ireland uh, a listener says I was in uh, shop in Mill St- uh, shops in Mill Street I also felt very uncomfortable in them I agree with that lead- with that lady Eileen and Clonakilty who was talking about what happened to her and her children I feel very uncomfortable as everybody's going in every direction it's so unfair when are people going to cop on about social distancing and social distancing when you're out in public particularly when you're out in uh, shops okay. Okay, and just before we go to the break, can I wish play a birthday request? Say a very happy birthday to a special ma'am, and she is Margaret O'Sullivan in Lascarrel. Good morning to you, Margaret, and happy birthday! You have a very special birthday today. You're eighty years of age. Happy birthday to you! Lots of love and best wishes. Now, I don't have all the names because I'd be here all day otherwise. There's eight children. There's 22 grandchildren. And wait for this, there's 25 great-grandchildren. They're all thinking about you and want to wish you a special day. That's Margaret O'Sullivan in Liscarroll. Happy birthday, Margaret. C103 encourages you to shop local during COVID-19. Some stores can now open safely. So let's do our shopping locally. Use Facebook, Instagram and Twitter to search for hashtag shop local. And check to see what Cork businesses are now open. Check to see what Cork businesses are now open. It's a sign of the time. Get everything you need from toys to toilet roll and groceries to gardening. Support your neighbours, friends and communities and shop local. It's a sign of the time. Supported by McCarthy Insurance Group, a Cork family business looking after you in this time of need. CMIG.ie Shop local with C103. According to a poll commissioned by the Department of Health, 29% of people believe the accelerated roadmap out of lockdown is moving too quickly. Former broadcaster Gareth O'Callaghan also feels the lifting of restrictions is happening too fast. And uh, Gareth joins me. Good morning to you, Gareth. Morning, Patricia. How are I'm, you? I'm very well and, and you're welcome to the programme. Now, what, what part of the lifting of the restrictions are you most concerned about? I think so far it's been it's been good. It's it's been relatively, uh, but I think this is the weekend coming up now. That I, I think after that we're 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 at the middle of the bridge now, and I think from Monday on um, we're going to see huge changes. I mean, I know people have got to get back to work, but already we're we're looking at articles in the newspapers where the publicans are up in arms with the government's decisions in terms of access to pubs and restaurants and that. Uh, Publicans are now saying they want three hours for their patrons to finish food and enjoy their drinks, Uh, whereas I think it's an hour and five minutes, or maybe a little bit more, maybe an hour and a half. Uh, You know, so so realistically, from a publican's point of view, he will say, well, punters come in, if they're going to have a meal, they'll have a drink or two beforehand. It'll take time it'll take time to serve it and obviously you can't rush them while they're eating it. They may prefer to stay for a drink or two afterwards. So three hours would be more realistic. Now from my point of view, three hours would be a better idea than an hour and five minutes or an hour and ten minutes because you're moving too many people in and too many people out and that just won't work. And I think within a few days, publicans and you know, your average drinker who enjoys a couple of pints putting on a bed and reading the newspaper, is, is going to want to sit at the bar and will probably put up quite a reasonably good argument with the publican as to why he should be. I mean, after all, publicans rely on the regular guys 
and, and women who come in day in, day out and buy drink rather than food. That's their bread and butter. That's what pays their wages. So I think the, the focus on the pub situation is going to be, that's going to be the real marker for what happens in the next two to three months. But, but you're, not, you're not suggesting, Gareth, that we just open all the pubs and just let it go back to the way it was pre-COVID? Well, my understanding is that that's the way it's going to be in August. Well, no, that's it's actually, it's, go back, it's, that's the way it's going to be from the 20th of July. Yeah. Because they've moved yeah, the August date now back to the 20th of July. That, that's right, as a result of pressure from... from yeah, from lobby, yeah. From public. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I see, I, it's not a good idea. This is why I'm saying that pubs will be the big marker and that the, the gastro pubs particularly where you have to book a couple of weeks in advance to get a good table on a Friday night for a family party or a group get-together. This is where, and I remember, and I know, I mean, I live in Cork now and I know some of the most wonderful restaurants in the city where for special occasions we would book a table. But by 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, you're lucky if there's three inches beside, between the person beside you and if you're sitting at the edge of the table, you're lucky if there's a foot and a half between your table and the table beside you. Um, that's the only way these restaurants can afford to stay open and make money. So to expect people to sit, you know, a metre apart or two metres apart, that, that's not going to last. And I think while it's not mandatory, um, and I, I, I don't expect it will be written into any form of law because it just wouldn't be acceptable. Um, I, I think and that's where you're that. saying the second wave is going to come from. Second wave is going to come anyway. Um, it's only natural. And, see, you know, if, if you talk to some of the doctors here, some of the virologists and the bacteriologists, Dr. Chris Luke, for example, in the Mercy Hospital, has a huge interest in this. Chris came back out of retirement to give the staff a hand because he's a, a consultant in emergency, emergency medication. He calls this disease a shapeshifter in that it, it, it changes its shape. Uh, and what it does over the summer, over the warm weather, as you said, it loses its scent. It's not as strong and as fast to replicate and to mutate. But when you look at what's going on in the United States at the moment, um, in the last few days, they have, uh, I, I think they have the biggest rise in figures since they had in April. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, going to, it's going to come back no matter what we do. New Zealand has three new cases today. First time in, in, in uh, months and months and months. And, you know, everybody's waiting to see what the Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern says in relation to this. Um, I think some of the experts here are saying mid-August is when we can expect the second wave. And I think that will be as a result of, like you say, the, the beaches in the UK yesterday. Crazy. We can expect that here today. Crazy. Yeah, and I can like there's a lot of people I have to say uh, agree agreeing with you and feeling we are coming out of it uh, too, uh, too quickly. And you know, one listener is making making the point: yes, we're coming out of lockdown uh, too quickly. We we would need to have zero cases and zero deaths for a solid two weeks before the country should even be considering op- opening up. The government are putting the economy first, but isn't that exactly what is happening? They have to get the balance between reopening the country. And the economy. Yeah, they have. And there's no such thing as striking that balance because what's going to happen is we're going to move into, we, we already have moved into a herd immunity state of mind where out of sight, out of mind 
is the thinking. When you consider that most people get their news every day from Facebook, 60% of people worldwide get their news from Facebook. Now, most people base their own opinions on other people's opinions. So if enough people tell you that it's safe to go out, you'll begin to believe that it's safe to go out. Um, People still confuse this as being related to the annual flu. This has got nothing to do with flu. This is a very, very serious virus. Um, It's the seventh coronavirus, and it's the second form of SARS. So the scientists are wondering, will it mutate into a third form? Uh, So realistically, striking a balance, that's never going to happen. And I think, you know, if, 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 if the people who are giving us the daily information in relation to the virus were to come out and honestly put their hand on our hearts, I think they'd probably say to us, look, we're in for a very serious second belt. There can be no more lockdowns. The country can't afford it. Um, Therefore, we we have to learn to live with this. Yeah, but how do you live with it? See, we do have to learn to live with it, or many more people will die from it. Yeah. Uh, They're saying, the World Health Organization are saying it's going to be another two years before we have a vaccine. So, you know, I think the second wave is always worse than the first one. A hundred years ago in the Spanish flu, um, it it wiped out, I think, uh, 850,000 Irish people got the Spanish flu. Uh, 25,000 people died from it. Now, in a hundred years, we live in magnificently more improved living standards and conditions. But the virus hasn't changed. It's still a killer virus. Now, that was the Spanish flu, but coronavirus isn't going to change whether it's 20 years old or two months old. So it doesn't really matter what we do. As you say, we have to learn to live with it. We have to protect ourselves, washing our hands. Yeah, but isn't that the point? We all have to exercise personal responsibility. I think you're absolutely right, and I do, you do, I know many many of the listeners do. These people don't, and it's the majority that will compromise the safety of the minority. So, you know, I think learning to live with it is all very well, but people won't educate themselves to do that. Um, I'm sure if you were to do a poll on the number of people who actually know what coronavirus is, most people would tell you that they don't. Coronavirus is actually, it's, it's the virus. It, it, what actually causes the sickness is the disease COVID-19. And they're two completely different things. You can be, uh, you can carry symptoms without even knowing you're carrying them. Um, and you can pass them on. So, you, you know, whether you're asymptomatic or whether you're very prone to get the worst form of it, uh, only time will tell. But... I, I do believe the opening up has been smooth up to now, but I, I really do think that all hell is going to break loose next week. And, and we also know that they're meeting today and uh, finalising what we're going to do about international travel. And I can see a lot of people, firstly, a lot of people, by the way, I have to say, are agreeing, agreeing with you, including listeners of Patricia. I agree 100% with what Gareth is saying. There is no economic situation that should put, uh, that lives should be sacrificed for. But lots and lots and lots of people are worried about the opening up of the trav- of the country, both for Irish people going away on holidays and other people coming into this country. 
Gerald on Twitter at C103 Cork says the biggest worry still has to be incoming tourists. No matter what we do as citizens, we cannot control what tourists do. Second wave is definitely coming. The thing I find dubious is that big businesses claim that they would not put money away for a rainy day. Yeah, right, as says this uh, texter. But worried about the who will come into this country and what they'll bring with it. And if you look back on the number of cases, which have been quite small, thankfully, over the last two weeks, there has been an increase in the number of cases that were directly linked to somebody who travelled overseas. I mean, that's got to be a concern. Yeah, a huge concern. Um, You know, you mentioned earlier, and I heard it on the news earlier, that the, the government are thinking of making the wearing of masks. I think Shane Ross said last night that he was thinking of making that he's he's actually bringing legislation towards the cap to the cabinet today to make it mandatory. Mm. That won't be policed. It can't even police the safety of passengers in Dublin. So they're not going to police the wearing of masks because they just don't have the facility. Um Do you wear a mask when you're out in public? Um, I have to confess I haven't have I, we, we've actually bought some masks now, so I am going to start wearing. Them. Would you prefer if it were, if you were if it was made mandatory? From Monday on, yeah, I would like to see it made mandatory. Yeah, but it's, o- now, it's only it's only going to be on public transport, though. Yeah, I I agree, and and I think you know I I, I see some people, particularly older people, actually driving cars wearing masks. That's dangerous, um, you know, because you're wearing something that's obscuring. Certain senses. I mean, obviously not your eyes, but you you you, you need a full. And it's never been recommended to... that that you wear it while driving. Even though I think bus drivers bus drivers wearing them. Yeah, well, yeah. I can understand why the bus drivers would because they are I, going I, to be sitting. I, but when you're in your own car, yeah, okay. Yeah. Somebody by text is saying that bloke you're talking to, the bloke I'm talking to, is uh, Gareth O'Callaghan is scaremongering. We need and have to get on with our lives. What do you say no, to that 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 uh, that view? I'm not scaremongering. I mean, this thing is out there. Uh, it, it's all very well to say it's gone away now, so let's put it behind us. Because it's not gone away. It's, it's, it's far from gone away. And in fact, the second wave of this is going to overwhelm the health system here. And I mean, if whoever sent you that text thinks this is scaremongering, well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll meet him at a Paddy Power's shop when the Paddy Power shop's open. And I'll just to put a few bob on how serious I think the second wave of this is going to be because we're coupling it with the annual flu mm. we're coupling it with all of the the, the, the the average head cold which is a form of coronavirus and in winter this thing will will spread you know it, it, it will spread like wildfire unless we do what we know we need to do you know the Taoiseach mentioned September he's talking about allowing groups of 5,000 people congregate in that's that's craziest as I'm concerned like that is leaving thousand people wide open to uh, you know to picking up this virus so scaremongering no I don't think so um, you know I, I think when you when you look around at what say for example the Zika virus we're not too sure going to present to us in the next year or so but it is that is going to spread as well mm. but we know from experience what the coronavirus 19 disease is doing and we do know that it's coming back 
Yeah, so, yeah. And all we have to do is look to other countries to know that it's coming back when you see what they, how they've come out of lockdown and how many of them going back into lockdown. I've got to leave it there. But before I go, this, uh, Margaret in Passage West says, Morning, Patricia. Hope you're well. Could you say hello to the lovely Gareth O'Callaghan? I'm a big fan of Gareth. Hope he is doing well. And a number of people saying, great to hear Gareth O'Callaghan on the radio again. Uh, and on that point, how are you doing health-wise? How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um I miss being on the radio, Patricia. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard on trying to slow the progress of this illness that I have. That I have, and, and I, I think I'm doing reasonably well. Good days, some very bad days, but today's a good day, and I, I like sunshine. And uh, as I say, it's, it's always great to, to interact with the likes of yourselves, like old colleagues of mine from the radio and that is always lovely to talk well, to you. It's, all, it's always it's great to have experience, you know. Always great to have you on uh, as well and you've you've got one of those gorgeous radio voices. I can see some people saying it's lovely to listen uh, to Gareth's voice. It sounds like velvet on the radio. It does. That's on awesome. that positive Thank note, you. we leave it. We'll speak again, Gareth. Listen, stay that safe. Is, yeah. You look after yourself and thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, former broadcaster Gareth O'Callaghan, 1850-333-103. We're now in phase two of the government's roadmap to easing restrictions. Social visits may now be slowly introduced again. For the first time since lockdown measures were introduced, Irish people will be permitted to visit their family in their respective homes. Up to four people may visit another household for a short period of time. Remember, though, social distancing must still be adhered to. Those who are cocooning can have a small number of visitors to their home. The visitors must wear gloves, face coverings and keep at least two metres away from the person who is cocooning. As part of phase two, slightly larger groups of people will be allowed to attend funerals also. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A very big happy birthday to a very special granddaughter and that's Avon O'Riordan from Watergrass Hill who is one today. Happy birthday little Avon. Lots of love and best wishes from Grandad and Nana, Kieran and Veronica who sent us a text from Passage West and indeed from all of her family. Avon O'Riordan, Watergrass Hill first birthday today. Happy birthday to you. And again, we've had a call in. Noreen was one of the first in with this and we were getting a lot of calls about this yesterday. Uh, Noreen says, it has taken me 40 minutes to get from Aldi in Bandon to the Cork Road in Bandon. The traffic again is a nightmare today, says Noreen. And I know we had a lot of calls in yesterday and we were just very busy and didn't get didn't get, a, get around to it. But it does seem to be a bedlam in Bandon at the moment. We know the sewerage works the, the vital works that needs to go on is going on and there is a traffic ba- plan in place but judging by the calls we had in yesterday and listening to Noreen and her 40 minutes to get from one side of the town to the other side of the town it, am I, it smacks to me that that traffic plan isn't really working I don't know if there's a plan B that they can go to but certainly the plan that they're using at the moment doesn't seem to be working uh, your thoughts welcomed on that if you've been stuck in traffic in Bandon 1850 333 103 now a lot of commentary coming in 
reacting to Gareth O'Callaghan who spoke to us uh, in the last hour, the former broadcaster and talking, just giving us his views. He thinks we're coming out of lockdown too fast and he's, and obviously he's got you know, a serious medical condition so he's, uh, I'm assuming, looking after himself as well. The last thing he needs to do is, is pick up COVID-19. So he's worried for his own health. But he's worried for the, you know, the health of other people as well and feeling that we're moving too quick out of lockdown and people are kind of getting I think a little bit too complacent as well that at the start people were much more focused about doing what we're meant to be doing but people as time goes on I think I suppose people get a little bit more more complacent but when we get the good news that there isn't a lot of COVID-19 out in the community I think that also has a tendency to let people let their guard down. I know Professor Sam McConkey reckoned when you're out and about in the community there's one in a million chance of you picking it up. The numbers are so low at the moment but we that's the way we want to keep it but I think the fear factor is that as we open up will those numbers start to increase and if they do then unfortunately we would be into a, a second wave. Some of your thoughts coming in. Lovely to hear Gareth O'Callaghan on the programme. It says a text so nice to hear his lovely voice back on the radio again. Yeah, And it was a little bit heartbreaking at the end to hear him say that he misses uh, radio and when I was prepping yesterday for his interview today I was you know he's been off radio now and because of his condition he had to give up radio about uh, two years ago and I, you know and obviously I was planning it as I did at the end of the interview asking him from a health point of view how he was doing and I was soul searching about would I say to him do you miss radio because my gut instinct was he probably does so I was saying no I won't ask him that question I don't probably a bit insensitive but I didn't have to ask it because he said it himself how much he misses radio so we we hope that he keeps well and it was terrific to have him on the programme today. Sandy says on COVID-19 transmission tourists coming into this country is one thing as they are subject to isolation for a period of time well they're asked to self-isolate for 14 days but the UK authorities know that travellers are using Irish airports as a travel hub and then they can fly to England. They're classified as coming from Ireland, not from the EU or anywhere else in the world. Uh, And this allows them unrestricted travel in the United Kingdom, which allows them then to come back into Ireland via Northern Ireland with no restrictions. This needs to be sorted out and needs to be sorted out immediately, says Sandy. Yeah, well, there's a will, there's a way. And we have anecdotally been hearing that people are doing that because while people from the United Kingdom, when they come into Ireland, they have to self-isolate for two weeks. And of course, we know anyone coming from Ireland going over to the United Kingdom, we don't need to self-isolate. We're one of the countries that England say we don't need to self-isolate. Coming from any of the EU countries, they do. So people have copped that if they fly into Ireland, stay in the airport, just use it as a connection. You don't have to self-isolate if you're doing that. Then jump on a flight into the United Kingdom. You're deemed to be coming from Ireland, so you don't need to self-isolate. But then coming back, they'd have to come back via Northern Ireland in order to get back into the country without self-isolating. So yeah, if people want to do it, it's costly. It's a costly way of travelling around the world. But if people want to do it, they unfortunately are doing it anyway. Sandy says that's a loophole that has been identified and it needs to be uh, sorted out and sorted out uh, soon. Gareth O'Callaghan, very easy to listen to, says this texture. And I do feel for the government, they have to make a balance of economy versus risk. It's all very easy for some of us who are getting the wages and whose jobs haven't been affected and people who are on the COVID payment and are getting more than what they were getting before they were let go from the jobs. All all well and good for them to say delay opening up. But if the economy crashes, 
then none of us will have a, a wage and we'll all be affected in some way. So it is a, a balance. Tom says, hi, I would have to agree wholeheartedly with what Gareth O'Callaghan said to you in the last programme. By the way, great to hear him on the radio. That's from Tom. Hi, hi to all, says this texter. The government should just shut the airports and don't open the pubs. Are they crazy? For God's sake, we're talking about people's lives. Forget about holidays for one year. It won't kill us not to have a holiday, but it might kill somebody else. Go for a walk. Go for a cycle. Go for a picnic. Go for a drive. Come home and keep beautiful Ireland safe. That's my rant over for the day. Says, uh, there's no name in that text, so thanks for that. Micah says, Patricia, that ugly word, COVID-19, will be around for a long, long time. Yes, the second wave of it is most likely. Always remember that there are four things you cannot recover. A stone that you threw it, a word after you said it, the time after it's gone and an occasion after it's gone. That's why it's so essential to wear a mask even in public because COVID-19 will not let you know it's coming to visit, says uh, Michael. Uh, Thanks for that, Michael. Hi, Patricia. The government are making a meal out of whether masks should or should not be used and whether it should be mandatory. It's all getting rather nauseating at this stage and a long, drawn-out saga. At the end of April, Leo Varadkar said wearing them would not be compulsory. Now that position is about to change. But can I stop you there? It's about to change just for when you're on public transport they're still not making it mandatory for people to wear them when out and about they're suggesting that it should and it's good advice that it should but they're not saying it's just on public transport anyway back to this uh, text uh, from Christy Obviously, they are making it up as they go along on this and other decisions that also goes for the WHO. Donald Trump was correct in withdrawing funding from the World Health Organization because it obviously is another gravy train while those steering it have been asleep at the wheel. I don't like to hear you criticise the World World Health Organization. Uh, Christy, I think they have been doing an amazing uh, job. Now, you also say... that text is too long but you also say in another text that a lot of people are under the opinion that coronavirus has been in Ireland long before it was officially diagnosed. Christy says I'm aware of two people who were on holidays here at Christmas from another country and they ended up being very sick before going back home. They have since tested positive for coronavirus antibodies. Isn't that interesting? And obviously the only time that they remember being sick was when they were on holidays in Ireland at uh, Christmas time. Was that when they had COVID-19? That is really, really interesting. Thank you for that, uh, Christy. And just on the wearing of masks, and I know some, there, I know we've got some commentary and if I can find it, when people are saying, you know, Michael is saying everybody should do their bit and wear their masks and, and absolutely it's right that it is right that we wear masks when we're out in public. But if you're wearing a mask, you need to wear it correctly. Like Imelda in Mitchestown says, all very well wearing a mask, but every shop I go into and anyone I see out in public wearing a mask, none of them are wearing the masks correctly. They're touching their masks. They're constantly adjusting them. And by doing that, they're touching their face. So for the same reason that people think if you wear a mask, you won't get COVID-19, you still need to wash your hands. Yes, wearing a mask, it's not a magic shield. You still need to be careful. And remember the advice around the wearing of the mask. You wear a mask to protect other people. Wearing a mask doesn't protect the mask wearer unless you have one of the, the high grade surgical masks. But the ordinary mask that we're all been told to wear, it's if you have the virus and you don't know you have the virus, it's to stop your droplets 
or your sneezes or anything coming out of your mouth. It's to stop that reaching other people. But wearing, Imelda's right, wearing the mask doesn't stop you from picking up COVID-19. And it's one of the reasons why the Neffet have always been slow about coming out and making the wearing of masks compulsory because people who are using them are not using them correctly. And there's a danger that if you are wearing a mask and you're wearing it incorrectly and you're, as Imelda's describing there, constantly touching it, you are at more risk of picking up COVID-19 if you come into an area where there is COVID-19. You will be at more risk because you're constantly at your face trying to fix the mask and if you don't put it on and take it off properly. So, you know, while yes, we've been told to wear a mask, you need to be so, so careful around wearing of those masks. So please just mind yourself. 1850 Just on other issues, holidays. Sally said, I was due to go on holidays with Click and Go in May. They've emailed me this week giving me vouchers. Not offering a refund, but if I do not use the vouchers in the next nine months, I can redeem them as cash. Is this allowed? Can they do that? By the way, I've heard nothing yet about the airline refund. We had the Consumer Association on and they've been pushing like mad for people to give a proper for uh, refunds and that was one of the issues that came up a number of companies are doing that they issue a voucher if you don't use the voucher when the voucher then runs out you can get your money back it does seem mean spirited and unfair particularly on people so some people paid huge sums of money to pay up for holidays in full and some of those people are without work now and they need the money back and they're finding it very hard. Lots of people sadly including myself I'm waiting on an Aer Lingus to get a refund back from them from a flight that I was due to take on the 11th of April and I looked for a refund straight away so I'm waiting as well so wait in line Sally that's what we're all being told to do and I know every time I check all I'm getting is they're working through a large backlog so hang in there they, Jim in Milford was on to say they'd no electricity in Milford could we find out why we checked with the ESB networks there's some fault in the area but they're aware of it they're working on it and they hope to have electricity back by about one o'clock um, today uh, what else is coming in to us? Let me see. Hi, Patricia. I have no interest in going to a pub or a restaurant for a very, very long time. It is simply too early to open up, even with safety in mind and all of the restrictions in place. Anyway, we started cooking more at home and at least at home you can eat in your PJs. And there's something nice about sitting and having a meal in the comfort of your own uh, pyjamas. And says Patricia Cork will be back in lockdown again before long on those seven days that we're celebrating that we are seven days COVID-19, no new cases up to last Monday. Anne is fearful that we can forget about that seven days and we're going to lose that status. She says when the public start flying away on holidays and flying in and out of Cork airport, that will very much bring the virus back into uh, Cork and that's what she is most worried about. While I'm a Croom listener, says Patricia, I'm inquiring, when can we travel outside of the county of Cork? I'm living here in Cork, but I'd like to visit Kilmare or Killarney, thanking you. From next Monday, we can travel anywhere outside of our own county, even though we're doing a push for everybody to stay in uh, Cork in a couple of minutes. But it's from Monday. That's when the restriction to move outside the county. And I'm delighted, says a texter. I got €250 of a rebate on our health insurance with Irish Life for April and May. And I've just been told I'm going to get another €130 for the month of June. And I'd do nothing at all to get it. In fairness, the health insurance companies, I mean, basically our health insurance became null and void for the months of April, May and 
uh, June and they have been very good with issuing refunds. I've been getting refunds every month as well. I'm with a layer and you're right, you didn't have to do anything at all if you paid by direct debit. They just put the money back into your account. So the health insurance companies certainly have, have stepped up. The fear is, will they claw it back next year when we get our new premiums? Only time will tell. Hopefully they won't. 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 C103 Jobs. Classic windows are in Kilmurray. They are looking for experienced window fitters. Job does come with an immediate start. CE Tree Services. They're looking for a chainsaw operative in each of your own transport and it's for work in Cork City and the West Cork area. Cronin Electrical are looking for a qualified electrician. All COVID and Safe Pass training essential. And Office Assist in Charleville are looking for an experienced bookkeeper slash office administrator with experience in Sage and Big Red Cloud. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. Delighted to be back and there's lovely atmosphere here and it's lovely to get out again. When you're at home on the farm, that's it, like you're, you're pretty much in isolation. <laughs> anyway, so like the market is a great outlet for us and we just love it. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Goals Post Calver Gold, a trusted partner for your peace of mind across the breeding season. Only on C103. There's another birthday request. This is our third birthday request this morning. Lily O'Donovan has a birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Lily. Enjoy your day. Lots of love, Jerry, and all the family. And hi, Patricia. I wonder, could you find out for me, please? The NCT Centre in, Co- in Care, has it reopened? Yes, that's from Ned. No, it hasn't. There were 15 centres reopened on the 8th of June, and I'm going down through the list, and the one in Care has not reopened. If you're closest one after that would be if you want to come to Cork there's two opened in Cork the one in Blarney and the one in Little Island and they also the NCT centre in Waterford is opened but there is none opened in Tipperary and the care one isn't uh, opened and I've no update by the way before people are asking about the NCT centres in the other ones in Cork there's only two in Cork opened at the moment there's no update yet on when the other centres will be opened all all we're told is over the coming weeks the remaining NCT centres will reopen on a phased uh, basis Um, but we'll see if we can because that's two weeks ago now since the over two weeks ago now since the first 15 opened we might get on to NCT and see if they any update as to when they expect the other centres to uh, open up. Now, with coronavirus very much still with us, some families are reflecting on what they will do for summer holidays this year. Many of us will not consider an overseas trip, so a staycation is very much an option this summer. Bantry farmer Helen O'Sullivan says we should holiday in our own county. And she joins me to explain why. Good morning to you, Helen. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm, well, I'm very, I'm very well. Your suggestion is a nationwide one. It's not just for those of us here in Cork. But your idea is that everybody stays in their own county. Is that is that what you're proposing? That's right, Patricia. I suppose, um, you know, with the next phase community now on Monday, the 29th June, where everybody be allowed to travel anywhere in Ireland, I suppose my biggest concern is that, um, you know, the virus will spike um, by the end of August, come start of September. So we don't want this to happen. And, you know, obviously we want to support our own country 
and we all want to, you know, put money back into this um, country of ours and have a staycation. But what I'm suggesting to do is, and I'd just be very interested in what your listeners think, if we all had a staycation within our own county, uh, like for myself, I'd be in County Cork. And now, as we all know, County Cork is the biggest county in the country. And like this part of Cork, I've never even been in, mm-hmm. like Gary Bow, Monkstown, you know. So I think we've plenty within our own counties that we could stay within. Um, therefore, we'd be minimising the risk of spreading the viruses from one county to the other. You know, um, so it's just a suggestion yeah, I had. Yeah, and, you know? and and it's not a bad suggestion, but I think straight away, uh, you're right. I think we we're blessed here in Cork, so mm. many gorgeous places to visit, and we've a beautiful um, coastline, and you know, we we just we we have it all here in Cork. But what about people in other parts of the country, the smaller counties, the you know the Leashes, the Offalies, the the Leitrims? Will they feel a little bit hard done by if they're told you've got to stay in your own patch? Well, I kind of think, it, um, you know, since the whole lockdown, Patricia, I think people have become accustomed to the new normal, you know, in the virtual commas. I think, you know, like, I'm quite happy to stay here, even in Bantry. You know, I'm not pushed whether I leave, go for a holiday or not, because I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, our health really is our wealth, and we need to look after, we need to be responsible, and we need to look after each other and everyone else. And, you know, by minimising the risk, you know, uh, we're keeping the number the numbers down of, you know, the COVID virus. As you've already mentioned, we, we've gone seven days now with no new cases mm-hmm. in Cork. That's mm-hmm. fantastic news, you know. And wouldn't it be great if we could go another seven days and maybe another couple of weeks? And then eventually, we, like, we'll take every day as it comes. But, you know, if we had, I think it's 28 clear days we need before... Yeah, we need two, 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 two uh, blocks of two full weeks, so two, 28 two days, weeks. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if that happens and, you know, maybe our neighbouring country, our county like Kerry or you know, Waterford or, you know, eventually then, if we all have kind of the zero cases, that we might be able to go between those counties. Because um, my biggest fear is come the end of August, you know, we're facing into the winter in September. It's going to be a lot different if we have a lockdown then, Patricia. You're coming into dark days, probably raining. We've been very lucky this last while. You know, we've had three months of excellent weather. And it's great. People are out. They're, you know, painting their houses. They're power washing. It's fantastic. But could you imagine, you know, the effect mentally on some people if we had to face another lockdown coming into September? Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, know it's so I, much harder. And I also think you're right in that it has become our new normal. I mean, we very quickly got used to you couldn't travel within two kilometres of your house and the majority of us abided by it. Then it went to five kilometres. Then there was great excitement when we were allowed to, allowed to travel within our own county and we're very much ha- having gotten used to that. Uh, and it's, it is from Monday they were allowed to travel anywhere outside of the county. So it would just mean don't open up that part of the restriction and leave us all within our own counties. Absolutely. I think so, Patricia. And I've emailed my concerns to our Taoiseach, Mr. Lear Vardiker, our Health Minister, Simon Harris, and our Taoiseach, Simon Coben, who is, in, who is in Cork. You know, and I've emailed the, these very concerns to him, asking him, pleading with him to, you know, maybe on the at her next phase to consider, even for another little while, to see, can we just, you know, continue with this zero um, COVID cases here in Cork and possibly it might extend into our neighbouring country counties like Kerry etc and I just think we've just we've become so used of you know doing with less you know putting up with less having less um, you know I think from the very beginning when this whole lockdown kind of commenced I kind of said to myself and I said it to a few, a few others you know I think we should nearly kind of write this year off you know with mm. the concerns you know going foreign holidays um, you know going to concerts I think our health is more important 
And, you know, as Danny Logan says, Patricia, what's another what? year? Hey, well what said. is another year? Well you know? said. So, and I tell you, our good friends across the across the county bounds in Kerry have it well sussed. They've God, come, they they've have, come yeah. out with this. They're offering vouchers worth €100. Euro. They've been sent to 56,000 households in, in Kerry to encourage people to explore the far corners of County Kerry. The vouchers are redeemable for overnight stays within the County of Kerry only and the small print states they are non-transferable to persons who do not reside in the county. It's the brainchild of the Kerry Tourism Industry uh, Federation and you know the aim of it is, is to resurrect the old practice whereby people from South Kerry used to holiday in Ballybunion and Ballyhigh and those from Listole and Tralee used to go to Killarney and Kenmare. That's the way people holidayed in the past and, and, and it's, it's, it's going back to that but what a, what a terrific idea to, to say give vouchers idea. but you've got to spend them in your own patch. And I think that's a fantastic idea, Tricia. I think, you know, we sh- why not do it here in Cork? Why yeah. not do it in the other counties? Yeah. There's parts of Cork, like you can go back as far as Alhys, Iris, you know, you've all the Mizzen Peninsula, you've the Galley Head, come on along up to Kinsale, you've Gary Vaux, I've never been there. There's parts of Cork I've never been and I'd love to go and I think now this would be an incentive for us to go and we're supporting our own county, which is fantastic. Um, you know, and, and people from East Cork come down here, down to, of course, beautiful Bantry, in Garth, we've Garnish up there. I've only ever been there once. It's less than 10 miles away from me. We can explore all these beautiful yeah. spots that are near us, Tricia. And why not? Yeah, and if you, and ha- if you have a bit yeah, if you have a bit of money to spend, economy. spend yeah. it locally and it just it, it stays in the economy. And, and Helen, you know, wh- while I'm talking to you from West Cork, are people very nervous in West Cork about an influx of visitors from other parts of, of Ireland and overseas to West Cork? I mean, it is one of our top tourist destinations. The are, Patricia. I've spoken to a lot of people now and they're actually terrified. They are terrified because they know what's ahead. If if this happens from Monday onwards and if we people, and don't get me wrong, we welcome people with open arms, but just not for the foreseeable future due to what's going on. You know, please God, next year will be a different story. But at the moment, they're just terrified. You know, we've been through something we've never been through before these last three months. And, you know, a lot of people were left on their own. They couldn't, family couldn't visit them. And that's a terrible thing. You know, unfortunately, there was, a, you know, a lot of funerals where a lot of their families couldn't be there with them. And that's, that, that is devastating. And we don't want to see that happening again come the fall of the year, Patricia. And these people are terrified. Like I said, they've become used of the new normal. They're very happy in their own little patch. Mm. They're very happy to be able to just go, you know, um, 10 miles away. I mean, there was at one stage, it was only two kilometres, and then it went up to five. And sure... It was like letting you feel the bullocks off out the, the gap when we're let go within the county, <laughs> our own county, you know. Yeah, so, and and, and we're and we're waiting now to hear back from the the government. We know they're discussing mm-hmm. today. Uh, the cabinet today are looking at the air travel uh, restrictions, and it is pointing to the direction that they're not going to include Britain in this air this bubble that they're talking about. Countries that have kept COVID nineteen low. They'll be allowed to come to Ireland, but people coming from the United Kingdom are going to have to self-isolate uh, for two weeks. We know that a lot of English people come to Ireland. We rely on that tourism in normal times. So, and they're only, the, the self-isolation, self-isolation is, it's not mandatory. We're asking people to do it and I don't know if everyone's going to do it. Well, I would hope that they would do it, Patricia. And I would know, well, I know in my own heart and soul, if I got offered a free ticket just this very moment to go to the UK, America, Spain, I would say no. Mm. Because I'm an adult, I'm responsible. I don't want to put my life in danger. I don't want to put other lives in danger. And, you know, I would, I would like to think that people will be responsible now and say, look, we don't need to holiday this year. 
I don't, for the sake of you? two or three weeks, you know, and maybe put people's lives at danger, these people could be, you know, systematic. You know, who, who knows? I'm not saying they are. They could have the virus unknown to themselves, come into a country here, mingle with people, you know, and the whole thing, the second wave will start and, you know, we're back to square one then again. Yeah, nobody sure. knowingly, nobody knowingly brings COVID-19 yes, uh, they don't um, know, uh, with them. And I can see people are very, are, are agreeing with you, by the way, Helen, you'd be delighted to hear. But oh, I can see people saying it's, it's <laughs> the pubs are going to be the real danger. Uh, people I know, are saying. and that is, that is a huge concern as well, are the pubs. But I suppose, Patricia, it goes back to, again, I suppose, you know, it was at a two metre distance and now we're trying to get it down to one metre. But being realistic, can you imagine of a Saturday night being in a pub and after a few drinks? Yeah, people forget no, about let's it. Let's just be realistic. People, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I, I know I hate to say it, but it's not going to happen. But I do feel for the pub owners and, you know, I wish there was some way, some way, somehow, that they could, you know, regain their income. And um, But I suppose, again, it all boils down to is, is health, isn't health or wealth at the end of the day? Um, and my my fear around the pubs and it happened in China when China reopened and in Wuhan which is where it all started and Wuhan got down to zero cases and then they started lifting the restrictions yeah. and there was one young and it wasn't the young guy's fault but he was pinpointed as the super spreader he was one young man went out in a night out went to a nightclub visited a couple of bars went to a restaurant he ended up having COVID-19 he got sick two days later and they pinpointed the outbreak uh, that caused the second wave in Wuhan down to that one man that one guy who ended up picking up the COVID-19 because he travelled somewhere else and he brought it in with him but it was just one guy moving around to, 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 packed, to packed places so much, yeah. So much uh, yeah and like New Zealand is another example that, yeah. that island was you know had zero and oh, very proud of it. And very proud of it. And in fairness, their minister, Jacinta... Uh, uh, their prime minister, she's brilliant. Yeah. Great she's job. brilliant, yeah. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, they lifted the barriers and, the, you know, I think it was UK tourists came in and spread the virus again. So now they're back in, back to kind of more or less, well, not so far as square one, but they're back having the virus in the country, which they could do without, which we all could do without. Okay. And I think, you know, I think I think we can all work together you know, we're waiting now for the next phase and we're waiting what they're going to say. But I think people need to be responsible themselves, Patricia. You know, we're adults and we need to, you know, we need to take ca- take caution and we need to be careful. Like I said, I have no notion of going anywhere this year. You know, I'm okay, travelling I... in Cork County, but I won't be going up the country or, uh, you know, it, it, I've become quite accustomed to this new normal. And listen, a listener says, here's a WhatsApp saying, it's all well and good saying we should all stay in our own county. And it does absolutely have merit. But what about those of us that have family and grandchildren in other parts of the country? For example, in Kerry, do we not get a chance to see them? And there are some heartbreaking stories of families who haven't, who can't wait for Monday to be able to yes. travel to, a, to, a, to another county. That is true. And that is very heartbreaking. And I, and I feel very much where that person is coming from. Um, you know, they haven't seen their family or loved ones in quite a while. And they are looking forward to it. But I suppose, you know, if they do go visit and if they, again, if they're, turn up, you know, if they're asymptomatic, we don't know. And if they end up bringing that virus to those people, you know, are they a lot worse off then? It's hard to know. But I suppose the way technology has advanced so much, Patricia, you know, Zoom, you can do a Zoom conference, you have video calling. And I know it's not the same thing, but at least I think we just have to take every day as it comes, every week as it comes. And kind of, you know, see from there. Yeah, I, uh, I suppose the message is this virus hasn't gone away. 
That's, it hasn't gone away. It hasn't. We don't know how it's long not going to go away for, for a long, long time. OK, yeah. OK. Good food for thought. Let us know. You haven't heard back from Leo or Simon? No, or, I haven't heard. No. No, let us, heard let us know if you do. I'd be interested Absolutely. to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, listen, you you look after yourself. Stay Thanks safe. Very much, Thanks for joining Take us. Uh, bye bye. Um, Helen O'Sullivan there, uh, farmer in the Bantry area. 1850 Listener says, I am looking forward to next uh, Monday when we can travel outside our own county. I want to see family. There are people living alone who need to connect again, says a texter to 0862 103 103. The Premier League is back. Don't miss our special Premier League live coverage this week. This Saturday Wolves travel to Aston Villa at 12.30. That's full live Premier League match commentary this Saturday. Powered by TalkSport. The Premier League is back and you're going to love it. Get it on the C103 app and C103.ie. Going to Malogar, the station where I'm joined by Sergeant uh, Tony Cronin. Um, good, uh, good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, Patricia. And uh, you are welcome to the programme. Can I firstly say, because I was down there on uh, Sunday, that was such a dignified service that was done at 12 noon for the the minute silence for uh, Cullum Horkin. It, it was a lovely service and yeah. we had our local priest and we had the other agencies. We had the, the fire brigade, the ambulance personnel, river rescue, civil defence, Red Cross, you know, and civilians as well. Yeah, so it was it lovely. Was very it well was lovely. I was there. It was, it, was, it was really nice. And once again, uh, our condolences because I know when a colleague uh, passes away, how it affects everyone, even for people that, that never knew him. I, um, I, I, we, we, uh, we very much share your loss. So our condolences once again. Thank you. Okay, now uh, there was 12 break-ins to a car in Mallow and this actually got a lot of publicity during the week. A lot of the newspapers picked up on this. Talk me through what, what's, what, what happened. Yes, uh, Patricia. We're, what we're talking about is last Sunday night, and um, basically in the course of the night, there was a lot of cars in different estates in the Mallow area and also outside Mallow in an area known as the Abbey, where 12 vehicles um, were entered and there was property taken from these vehicles. Now, the most important point really is that most of these vehicles were unlocked and they would have been parked outside dwelling houses in the States, and some of them had property inside. And when I mean property, I would be talking personal items, maybe it could be a phone, it could be a laptop, it could be keys, anything like that. And we spoke about this previously last Ma- year. Many times this has come yes. up on the programme. And it, it actually occurs for maybe a very short period of time where a lot of um, estates uh, would be targeted and it's like as if it's a walk through an estate to see what's open and what's not. So, so literally it'll be the middle of the night and they'll it might be more than one person and they'll literally just go from car to car to car. They're not interested in breaking a window in a car. They're just interested in seeing what car door is open. Car door is open and see what they can get because if I explained further the areas would be um, Earl Square and Castle Park Castle Grove and uh, in, in a couple of places, Earl Square again, Castle Park, Grove Heights, the Abbey. You know, you've different places, and it's all you've um, out in Goulds Hill as well. So basically, if someone walks into an estate, they can walk around, and if they if they don't see anybody watching them, they can attempt to open car doors. If they're open, they can have a look inside and go on to the next and see. And they're not making any noise as such; they're not breaking anything. Mm. There's no glass shattering, so they get the opportunity then just to um, 
And uh, it's, it's, it's easy pickings, isn't it? It's very easy pickings. And you see people are, are in a false sense of security because they feel they're, they're part of a car outside their own dwelling house and, you know, they feel safe. But they just don't take the extra step of securing their car. And while we're talking about cars as well, we would encourage people, even when you're in your house, to keep your doors locked. Because you could be sitting in your sitting room watching something and someone could walk in your back door. If the door is open and you could have a handbag up on the kitchen table or a wallet or keys or a phone and you realise then sometime later that it is uh, missing. Yeah, right. So I, I, just I, to I, encourage uh, a little bit better security by all of us. I mentioned, I've mentioned this often. I had a friend of mine that that happened to. She went out to the kitchen. She noticed that the back door was open and she said, oh, I thought I'd close that in. Didn't think anything of it. And it was only the next day when she went to her bag to get out her wallet, she realised somebody had walked in her back door. Her bag was sitting up on the table and the wallet had just been lifted off and taken and gone. The person was gone and all that she'd cash, everything, cards, all gone. So you just, and that's why she was in her front room, exactly as you described, sitting watching TV she didn't think anything she didn't think someone yes. would come in her back but they do so okay th- these would be opportunist people so what we would be asking the public for is assistance in uh, looking back can you remember did you see anybody walking around hanging around the corner just to see was there anybody watching um, maybe they had a torch with them um, they're possibly on foot but they could have had access to a car because they did the estates inside Malatown and it would have been in the hours of darkness would, would have happened last Sunday night and all you would hear as regards noise would be the opening and during closing of a door of a car door are anyone who might have CCTV CCTV dash cam I know it's night uh, night time so the footage might be great but you might uh, have someone on your dash cam and it could show maybe at 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning you could be a taxi driver coming home or you could be coming home from a friend's house or you could be coming home from work and you might have seen someone and you Okay. You might be saying, that person now doesn't kind of fit in there. there there's something about that. So the Gardaí and Mallow would be delighted to get uh, any information at all to assist in, the, in their inquiries. OK, you've got two burglaries, one in Rockchapel, one in Churchtown. Yes, uh, we have um, two burglaries. The burglary in Churchtown happened again last Sunday into Monday. And uh, the break-in here was in Rauchnishlesa in Churchtown, again, a residential area. And we're talking about... Um, Possibly an overnight, again, um, break-in, where the property was entered and there was some private um, information, private um, items that were taken from this property. Uh, we would be encouraging the people, please, in Churchtown. Again, did you remember uh, hearing any noise, anyone breaking in, any glass breaking? Or did you observe anyone, we'll say, out in the uh, footpath, uh, just keeping an eye to see was there anyone in, in the vicinity so it gave them an opportunity to break in. Again, it's last Sunday night we are inquiring about during the hours of darkness. So if you can remember back, you were in Churchtown in the Rauchnerschleite area. The Gardaí in Bordfant would be delighted to get a call if you could assist in any way with this uh, burglary. We also had a, a burglary as well in Million Duff in Rockchapel and that was last Wednesday week. And that was a daytime burglary. So it would be yesterday week. And it was roughly in a two-hour window from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. So you had two hours in the morning where there was a break-in. Uh, entry was gained and they took one or two items from the premises. So again, we're talking about a rural area just outside Rockchapel and Mealing Duff. 
and we'd ask the, the public for any assistance, please, because they would have had to have had um, a means of travel, be it a van, a car, any mode of transport. So they would have had to be parked up for some period of time to, to get access into this house okay. and to make their, their way from uh, Rock Chapel. And then you'd have the roads leading back towards Newmarket or Abbey Field or heading towards Limerick or heading maybe towards the Kerry direction. Okay, if people saw anything, please report it. Now, just on road safety, a lot of agri-vehicles out and about on, on the roads, um, Tony. Yes. Um, now, the season isn't great for the hay at the minute with the, the rain, etc. So we will have more tractors and trailers out now with the second crop of silage coming on and the, hopefully the, the hay season will kick in. So we'll have a lot more tractors and trailers on rural roads, also on the main roads, but especially on rural roads. So we would ask them, all motors, whether you're an L driver, an N driver, or a very experienced driver, just to be um, uh, more diligent that you will have more traffic on the road at this time. And also for the, the drivers of these tractors, that, uh, you know, that they drive safely and that they make sure that their uh, equipment, their tractors, trailers, tyres, etc., are all in good condition because they'll be having, carrying loads with um, um, substantial weight on them. Okay, and uh, sadly we have seen uh, people lose their lives to farm accidents again uh, this year. Your advice as to farmers is to stay safe. Stay safe as best you can if uh, you're working in machinery and not to be having children um, nearby close to you, if at all possible. And also if you're working with uh, livestock, that you have um, the assistance with you, you know, to do whatever duty uh, or care to the livestock that you need to do and to be mindful of uh, that at all times because they can be very unpredictable, the livestock. Okay, and uh, very finally, it's great to see people out and about walking and, and long may that continue, people keep, uh, exercising and there's a lot of more people cycling as well, but uh, high-vis vests. Yes, we'd encourage people to obtain uh, white uh, or fluorescent uh, jackets, especially now that the, the running clubs will be getting uh, back up and going again and the walking clubs you know, they'll be um, out and about. So it won't just be in your public parks. It'll be on the roads, uh, high roads and by roads. So we'd encourage people just to put on your fluorescent jacket when you're out and about. It, it might be bright when you start your walk or your run, but you might stop and chat to a neighbour. And by the time you're making your way home, it could be dusk. So just to make sure that you're visible at all times. But yeah. day and, or night. and for motorists, just to be aware that, you know, there are... There's a lot more people out on the roads and, and, you know, children are officially now on summer holidays. So there's children are out and about as well, just to be careful. Yes, just uh, we have a tendency to believe that while we're driving or cycling or walking on the road, that we're the only person actually using it. But we're only the only person using it at that particular time. But you could have anyone coming around the corner to meet you, be it a pedal cyclist, walker, car, tractor, anything. So just be mindful of that. So to... Keep the speed down and drive safely. Okay. All right, listen, thank you for that, uh, Tony. We'll talk again and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, good morning to you. That is Sergeant Tony Cronin, based at Mallow Garda Station. And I know we mentioned about the NCT centres and Ned was asking about the NCT centre in care. And I was saying, as far as I knew, they, it, well, it certainly hadn't reopened with the first wave. Somebody in from William and from Moy has just sent me on a piece and we're checking out now about the NCT centres in Cork uh, to say that the the NCT Centre in Care and Nina, they're the two temporary ones, are reopening on June the 29th. So next Monday they are reopening. So that's in particular for Ned, one of our listeners who's looking, wants to do his NCT at the Care NCT Centre. And we are 
we've banged an email off to uh, to the NCT to find out what about the Cork ones are they reopening the other Cork ones are they reopening on Monday or not so hang in there for that 1850 we're going to take a break we have news at 12 midday on the way if you are wearing a face mask, it will only be effective if you use it correctly. Before putting on a mask, clean hands with alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. Cover your mouth and nose with mask and make sure there are no gaps between your face and the mask. Avoid touching the mask while using it. If you do, clean your hands with alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. Replace the mask with a new one as soon as it is damp and do not reuse single-use masks. To remove the mask, Remove it from behind, discard immediately in a closed bin, and make sure you clean your hands again. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, a lot of commentary coming in. And by the way, we are looking for your pet questions because Jane Pickett, our resident vet, will join us later on in this hour. So if there's something wrong with one of the animals in your house, get your questions in, please. Sadie John Paul taking the calls, 1850-333-103. Or you can text your WhatsApp. They come straight into me here at the studio. If you want to text your WhatsApp a pet question, 0862-103-103. I mentioned NCT centres and in particular that the Care NCT Centre is opening from next Monday and we're checking on the other Cork ones because at the moment there's only the two that are opened in Cork so we're checking on the other Cork ones to see are they also opening up on uh, Monday we can't certainly there's no confirmation on the NCT Centre's website but we've banged an email off to them so uh, we're waiting for them to get back to us but uh, a number of our listeners in the North Cork area who live close by the Tipperary border or just over the border uh, will go to care that will be their nearest NCT Centre so a lot of people were quite happy to see the NCT Centre is opening on Monday but Catherine was on to us to say her car is due for recall in the care and the care NCT centre. So she was one of the ones had the car tested, everything was fine, but they couldn't put it up on the lift. And now we know the lifts are back up and running. So the recall, there's a huge number of people to bring their cars back just to get that part of it uh, sorted out. So when Catherine heard that care was reopening, she said, happy days, I'll rebook it in. So she went online and wait for this. She said, it's booked up as far as August she's advising people go online and book as soon as possible and that's interesting because somebody was on to us during the week when we were talking about the NCT centres and the I think, was it the Charleville or the Skibbereen one somebody spoke about and said that it must be opened because they were able to book online and when we checked it wasn't opened so obviously they've opened up the online part of it for booking before the centres is actually opened, which I suppose makes sense. So when they open the door on Monday morning, they already have a full day of cars and people uh, booked in. So it is worth checking with your centre if you're waiting for a particular centre to get your car checked in. It looks like, I'm assuming from that, they're all possibly going to reopen or certainly more of them are going to reopen from next uh, Monday. But good advice, uh, Catherine, get online if you know your NCT is due in coming months and see if you can book it in because those slots are booking up fast because they have to make up now for the backlog of the three months and then we know when the NCT centres were closed before that because of the lift so there's going to be a huge huge uh, backlog and even though your NCT certificate is out of date they've all been pushed forward by four months so don't be panicking if you think you're driving around with an out of date NCT 
you can add an extra four months on to whatever date is on the windscreen of your car and the Gardaí are very aware about that. On holidays and staying on holidays in Ireland versus going overseas and restrictions and do we need tighter, tighter quarantine restrictions? Lots of people commenting on that. Sean said it is cheaper to go away. We are being screwed in this country. They're putting up the prices. There's no gratitude in Ireland. In Ireland. We Irish appreciate nothing. The Americans flock here, flock here for what we have. They do. The Americans come in huge numbers, but they won't be coming uh, this year. And I know people, and I can see we have a number of comments coming in saying, love to holiday here in Ireland, but it's too expensive. Keep saying to people, a little bit like when you pick an overseas holiday, shop around. We have a tendency when we're going abroad, we shop around to get the best bargains and the best value. You can do the very same. Yeah, I mean, particularly, um, I mean, if, you, if you're going to go for a four or five star hotel, you know, you're going to pay the prices. But as I keep saying to people, if you go abroad and you book into a four or five star hotel, you'll pay as well. So it's, it's, you, you've got to try and compare like with like, but there's good value to be had as well. We, I know this is an expensive country. Everyone accepts this is an expensive uh, country, but try doing your shop around, shopping around and see there's good value to be had out there uh, as well. And then Nora contacted us and this is on hearing the news that the quarantine restrictions for the UK, it looks like they're going to set to remain. We're going to it looks like the cabinet are going to open up Ireland to other European countries, but anybody coming from the United Kingdom will be expected to self-isolate for two uh, weeks. Government not happy with what's happening in England and the fact that their their reaction and the way they're dealing with COVID-19 is significantly poorer than the way we've done it here in this country. And they have huge, huge numbers in the UK. So for that reason, the quarantine for the UK is set to remain, even though flights will be coming in from other parts of Europe and they won't have to quarantine. That's made our Nora very upset today. She said, I'm a gra- I have a granddaughter in the United Kingdom and I missed her second birthday. She was two in May and now haven't seen her in six months. We're very close, especially my daughter and I. I don't think people understand the upset that this is causing to families that are that are that are very close. My daughter lives in the United Kingdom. We need each other. When people comment about the quarantine and that it should be stricter and it should remain in place, they don't understand others in a situation like I find my like I find I'm in along with my daughter. I only have so many days off every year to travel to the United Kingdom to visit my daughter and my grandchild and it's upsetting me to hear people say that there are those sneaking into Ireland via the north. Those people don't realise the effect of not seeing loved ones in the United Kingdom is having on people like me. I'm really upset this morning listening to some of the comments. And Nora, that's absolutely heartbreaking and you're not, yeah, and you're not alone. There are many people, many of us have close family members living in England that we haven't been able to see and there's no sign of us being able to see them with because who can go on holidays and quarantine for two weeks? It's it's almost impossible for people to have a holiday unless you've got a lot of time off and you're able to do it. So my, my heart goes out to you, Nora, and hopefully you will get to see your daughter and your granddaughter sooner or maybe they'll be able to come and uh, see you. 1850 and then listen to Alan. This is on travel. Alan says, hi Patricia I am going on holidays next Monday for two weeks. Now Alan doesn't say where he's going but he says I'm going on holidays for two weeks. I'm assuming out of the country judging by 
the tone of the text. I have an underlying health condition, but we all can't lie down. Some people go too far talking about COVID-19. I understand that people have lost loved ones and that is so terribly sad, but life does go on. On average, about 25,000 people die every year of flu-like symptoms in this country. Nothing's ever said about that. I've been tested four times uh, to date and I'm still decided I'm going on holidays and I won't, I won't put my life on hold it's about time we got on with life and get on with living. People give out about it being too too soon to lift this restriction and that restriction. OK, to those people I say, stay at home, continue cocooning, stay indoors, stay isolated. There's other people like my good self, carry on with life, says um, Alan. And there will, absolutely there will be people that think... It would be completely against what Gareth O'Callaghan was saying earlier and there are people saying we need to re- lift the restrictions sooner for that very reason that life is for living and that we have to learn to live with COVID-19 because it's not going away for sure and that we have to get on with uh, with life as well. 1850 I'd be interested in what, what people make of Alan's comments. Bearing in mind that he does have an underlying health condition so he knows he'll be putting himself at risk if he comes in contact with somebody with COVID-19 but he's willing to risk that because he believes life is for uh, living. Patricia, it's alright to say people should hold them should be responsible for their own actions but look at public transport there are adults heading to work and only about 5% of them are wearing face masks I wear a face mask in all shops last Thursday a very busy grocery shopping day I was the only person in Little McCroom wearing one so while you're being you're being responsible yourself how you can't force everybody else to be responsible unfortunately but the advice is when you're in a situation like that yes you should be wearing a mask Meg says we're only after having a trial run of dealing with this virus we haven't seen nothing yet the real thing is on the way oh my god I hope you're not um, I hope that's not true uh, Meg thank you for your comment Hi Patricia it was lovely to hear Gareth O'Callaghan speaking to you on the programme earlier this morning I fully agree with what he said regarding the lifting of restrictions and we're lifting them too soon I actually can't understand why staff working in supermarkets especially at meat counters and deli counters can't understand why they are not all wearing masks I feel it should be the same in butcher shops would others agree that anybody working in that close contact with food like that, they should be wearing masks all of the time. Hi Patricia, in my local community park, there is a very large playground and obviously that playground now is open for children. A sign at the entrance to the park says to keep two metres, social distance and to wash your hands. Hundreds of children are using the park every day. There's no social distancing going on and by the way there's no hand washing or toilet facilities in the park. It actually makes me quite uh, nervous. I think when they opened up the play parks for the children when they were talking about the ha- washing of the hands they did because straight away then people said is that going to be the responsibility of the local authority to provide the hand washing facilities and we looked into that and we were told no it's up to individuals themselves it's up to parents if you're bringing children to the park that you bring your own little bottle of hand sanitizer with you I don't think the social distancing for children when it, when it comes to being in the play, play park I think what they're t- probably talking about at the entrance to that park is for adults we're still being advised if you're going for a walk around the park or whatever to stay two metres apart what I'd say to you if it's making you feel nervous if you go to the park and it's very busy try and find a quieter time like early in the morning or later in the evening time it probably will be a quieter time for you to go because that's generally the advice if you go somewhere and you just think there's too many people there then move on 
go come back at a different time or find another park that might be a little bit quieter for you and hi to John from Blackpool who's one of our has been regularly texting us one of our regular listeners and he says my daughter called to see me yesterday with presents isn't that great anyway says John I was listening to your show as I always do my daughter never heard you before she said you're brilliant you have a new listener <laughs> she's an SNA by the way thanking you Patricia well, well, and well done to your daughters an SNA they're doing and they have been doing incredible work and I know many SNAs want to get back into doing work uh, for sure now let me look at some of your WhatsApps I paid for oh this is from Anne Anne says I paid for worldwide travel insurance and a lot of us do that you know you get your travel insurance and rather than doing it by trip you get a worldwide travel insurance that keeps you insured then for the year that's what Anne did Anne said I bought it in January and I've been on, on to them. It's Insure and Go is the name of the company. I've been on to them a few times by uh, email. They think I have something to complain about. I don't, but what I want to know is, seeing as I'm not going to be travelling for the year, I want my money back please. I was supposed to be travelling abroad. I was going to three different destinations, but all that's off. I have many family living abroad, but I want my money back. Has anybody else uh, done anything similar? I don't think you're going... No, let me know how you get on and I'll follow this with keen interest. Because I was thinking about it. I've, I've worldwide travelling insurance as well I think mine is due up in August or something and like that I'm not going to be travelling anywhere but but my view on it was it's a little bit like parking up your car as many people did during lockdown cocooners in particular and they didn't drive their car for three months you couldn't get back onto your car insurance company and say can I back my can you give me back a proportion of my premium because I didn't drive the car so I'm assuming that's probably what they're going to come back and say but maybe they won't maybe they will give you a refund if so please let us know and Anne who had planned to do three different overseas travels because she's got family living abroad she said and I miss my grandchildren and children they all live abroad I can't go visit them and they can't go visit me my my three grandchildren aged uh, between seven and eight listen to this made strawberry jam and posted it over from Berlin last week. I was delighted, but I really do miss them. Oh, I hope you're staying in contact on Zoom or FaceTime or Skype. Uh, it's lovely just to see their little faces, but it's, it is, yeah, it is really, uh, really hard uh, for sure. And this is from Mick to say, Patricia, I was booked to go on holidays. We were due to go on the 5th of July. Obviously, it's been cancelled. So the company I was due to fly with offered me a refund. And a credit note was it's with the travel agents. They it's with the companies. It's the whole, all in package flights and accommodation, hotel accommodation, whatever. Anyway, they offered me a refund and a credit note. Plus, the credit note came with a twenty percent incentive to rebook another holiday. So I received my rebooking code and I booked the same place for the same time for next year. And we're going with in-laws who are going to be flying from England. So the incentive was worth. 560 euro extra that was the extra 20% plus we got 104 discount and wait for this I still had to pay 13 euro extra to book for next year as my late mother said so you get nothing for nothing <laughs> isn't that isn't that uh, crazy so even with the 20% the extra and a discount you still ended up having to pay more is that a sign of what holidays are going to be like next year or what I wonder thank you for that Mick and enjoy your holiday next uh, year 1850 333 103 get your 
pet questions into us please because Jane Pickett our resident vet will be joining us on the programme uh, in this final hour uh, or you can text her WhatsApp pet question 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie the Blood Transfusion Service are holding donor clinics by appointment only this week at Mallow GAA Complex. To book an appointment, call 021-4807491. You can drop your used clothes, shoes, bags, sheets, curtains, towels and soft toys to Gagan Hall. Again this Monday night between 7 and 8. That's all in aid of the Gagan Hall car park. And completed application forms for Castle Lines Community Text Alert System must be returned by tomorrow, Friday the 26th of June. If you want to become a member, please contact 086 37583 and the Hope Foundation are having a Teddy's Bear, Teddy Bear's Picnic it'll take place at Crosshaven House in Crosshaven next Sunday between half two and half four invite you to go along in fancy dress with you Teddy for a lovely afternoon of puppets dancing and storytelling all done under social distancing guidelines there'll be prizes for the best imaginative and fun fancy dress and Teddy Tickets are €30 Euro per car and that's based on a group of four. They can be booked by telephoning the Hope Cork office on 021-429-2990. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Every couple has a story of how they met. My mum met my dad at school uh, in detention. My best friend met his wife at a club through a friend of a friend. And my boss met her fiancé after they got chatting online. Find someone to share your story with at c103dating.ie. 24% of Irish people have tried online dating and one in five relationships begin there. At c103dating.ie, we have genuine nice people that would like to meet you. Begin your story today by registering for free at c103dating.ie. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And by the way, some commentary in on Alan who messaged us to say he's going away on two weeks holidays from next Monday. He said life is for living. He does have an underlying health condition, uh, but he says we've got to get on with life. We've got to get used to living with COVID-19 uh, and he's going off on his holidays. Uh, Jordan said Al- Alan has a selfish attitude. It's not just about him. It's every person he could potentially pass it on to should he contract COVID-19 on his travels. Well, somebody, uh, John says, Alan is dead right. We have to learn to live with COVID-19. 1850 Keep your pet questions coming in, please, for Jane Pickett, our resident vet. Now, I want to go to the phone lines because Councillor Sean O'Donovan and Bandon uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, now, we've been getting calls in certainly the last two days about traffic gridlock in the town of Bandon. We know the sewage and drainage work is going on. I'm assuming there's a traffic plan in place in Bandon. Is it not working? It doesn't appear to be, Patricia. Um, yesterday, the traffic backlogs were up to 45 minutes coming from the north of the town to cross over the bridge. Traffic lights were in place Um I know the workers did run into some difficulty. They were hoping they'd have been out of there early yesterday morning, but they had to finish whatever job they were doing there. So that created a lot of a lot of backup yesterday. And this morning again? 
this morning they're back there again um, I don't think traffic is as bad this morning It was um, earlier Noreen one of our listeners said it took her 40 minutes to get from Aldi in Bandon to the Cork Road in Bandon traffic again a nightmare today now, that was earlier this morning so obviously earlier this morning there was a bit of maybe it was rush hour traffic or people heading to work Right quite, quite possible um, I, we just came out of a, a municipal district meeting in Kinsale where I suspended standing orders to discuss this problem Okay Um it's the traffic plan for Bannon isn't working and hasn't been working as far as I can see. It's they close one street and start work, that's fine, but then they close the next street, come on to it, and it, there's just no communication between what's going on. There was issues uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night with drilling on Maxwini Key. Um, a resident contacted me. I contacted the liaison officer for Irish Water, who are the main contractors for the job. They didn't even know it was going on, so obviously, even within their own group they didn't know what was happening since that residents have been written down Maxwiniki and Riverbank explaining that night works will be going on for another four nights next week but that's fine there at least they're told and they can plan around it and but this communication is just lacking big time we as councillors for the area I suppose haven't been told of a traffic plan for the area we're, we're it's, every day we're just learning being what's on the streets it's not good enough really you know so I've asked Cork County Council to step in they can't step in because they're not the contractor, it's Irish Water. So what we've decided to do this at this morning's meeting is write to Irish Water expressing our concerns and frustration at the whole thing that's going on in Bandon at the moment and asking to, maybe to have a meeting with them um, so we can future-proof the traffic plan for the next street that's going to close. Um, it's just been a disaster for Bandon. And you know something, Sean, my heart goes out to the businesses that have just reopened. They need the footfall, they need people coming into town and you know this puts people off it does it does indeed now I suppose the works are very welcome they have to be done and we've been shouting and give you out about them long enough to get them but it's just the traffic plan just it's not organised the business people we have activation town meetings um, every two weeks to try and get the businesses up and running and help them along and here we are like discouraging people to come into town by these these big delays that are happening in the town it's not good enough, really, you know, and I, I really express my concerns and frustration at the, at the, at the meeting this morning. Um, but as I said, it's, it's Irish water is the issue. It's not the Cork County Council traffic plan that's in place. It's Irish water. So a suggestion was maybe that um, the Gardaí could step in or Flagman could step in and help the traffic plan. But again, we have to get approval from Irish Water for that to happen. Okay, and in the meantime, to, for people, you know, be patient if you get caught in, in a traffic jam. But the bigger message to get out, Bandon is open for business. We need people shopping locally. Absolutely, Bandon is, is open for business. There's some fantastic shops in Bandon. I actually have a meeting on Saturday with a new business that's planning on opening in Bandon. So that's great. great. It's, it's, it's a good sign for the town. And like once these works are finished in town, um, the storage and the flood relief work which is nearly finished Great. the town will be future proofed for years to come and like it will entice new businesses to come in I really feel people are holding off because they can see what's happening in Bandon at the moment it's a huge amount of investment probably 40 million or something that's been spent maybe in the last 5 years um, and when this work is finished businesses will come in and set up in Bandon again but I just think they're waiting until all these works are over you know Yeah and it's a, it's a great little town so please people support the businesses Okay Sean keep us updated on that in the meantime thank you for joining us on the programme Bye bye Thank you for that thank That is a, a Bandon based uh, councillor Sean O'Donovan Some of your calls before we go to our uh,
pet section get you still time to get your questions in if something's wrong with one of the animals in your house you can give John Paul or say do you call it 1850-333-103 texting whatsapping 0862-103-103 and just to wrap up on some of your texts uh, coming in this is on the wearing of face masks just want to say and we know that the government are talking about making it mandatory Shane Ross has come out he wants it mandatory for everybody to wear face masks on public transport so buses, trains uh, if you're in Dublin on the on the Lewis, the trams etc just want to say if they are if they are making it mandatory for people to wear masks when travelling on public transport, I think that this is discrimination towards people that can't wear a mask. I don't have a car. I don't have a family member who can take me in a car to my hospital appointments and I suffer with a chest complaint so I need to go to my appointments. There's a lot of scaremongering going on here. I'm telling you now, says this texture, I will sue a bus company if they won't let me on the bus because I'm not wearing a mask. Listen, if it does happen today and if it does get announced it'll be mandatory to wear a face mask on public uh, transport they will of course accept that there are a cohort of people who because of medical reasons can't wear a face mask you'll be asked to get a letter from your consultant or your GP so that you can tell when you get onto the bus you will be able to show that you have a letter stating that you are exempt from wearing a face from wearing a mask but when and I've heard other people like um, people who suffer from asthma for example can't wear face masks and only last week we had a woman who suffers from panic attacks and she said whenever she tries to wear a face mask it brings on a panic attack uh, so obviously medically she can't wear one either I was saying the face visors you know the plastic the shields could people, if you have a breathing issue, you can breathe perfectly behind one of those. Would you be able to pick up one of those inside in a, in a chemist, I'm assuming, uh, sell those? That Maybe that would be the answer for people who, for a medical reason, can't have a restriction right across their mouth. But certainly those the visors, the face visors, the shields would certainly work uh, for you instead. And this person has also given out about... Um, how expensive some of our accommodation is in this uh, country. Tried to book two nights in a hotel in West Cork, €425 for two nights. You go to Spain first and that didn't include breakfast, says says that text or no name on that. Uh, Hi, my NCT is due out in October. Do you think I should be booking it now? Well, judging by the listener who tried to book for August and said August is completely booked out, I would. I'd go online and see. Don't know if they'll allow you to book that far ahead, but certainly if they do, I, w- I would be suggesting, yeah, if anybody knows a forward date for the NCT, I'd, I'd be getting on to it uh, really quick. 1850 And somebody says, Patricia, what site did you get the COVID numbers for each county? I can only get a map of Ireland with numbers all over them. I picked it up on Twitter was where I saw just actually shared it on my Twitter handle if you I don't know if the, the the listeners on Twitter or not my Twitter handle is at pmessy p-m-e-s-s-y uh, so you'll see it on my uh, Twitter uh, account it was shared by somebody called David W Higgins and his hand his Twitter handle is at Higgins S. David W. Okay his name backwards Higgins S. David uh, W. And, he, and I was looking at down through a lot of his tweets yesterday he seems to be somebody that's really into figures and, and statistics etc but it does make for interesting re- reading I'm actually going to follow this guy and, and watch what else he comes up with because I think it's great I think that kind of information I mean hearing that we were seven days COVID free on Monday I think gave me great peace of mind when I'm out and about think it's great it's not out in the community and long can we keep it not out in the community OK there's questions coming in for 
Jane Pickett, our resident vet. If you can keep those coming in, please. Uh, and final text on travel insurance. I have travel insurance booked. I rang them to see also could I get my money back and I uh, it's due out in August and I was told no, but they said you might be able to use it for travel next year. Okay, that's interesting. At least that's something. That's and. Uh, so that's and, and the other listener who's getting back onto the travel agency to try to get a refund she only took it out in January she said she'll get back and let us know how she gets on as well uh, Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. let's take a break and we're back with Jane Pickett answering your pet questions Farm Sir Walter Let's see 103 a Kahashif Fanach the Voskilt Fihe Kilometer Din Tak. Matash of last year Agus a mask on football, Beta Aaron Mosno on train, Dane Iracht mask Aig Kahav on Tamar Fad. Takada Kurikunigate Bulsus Lahig Atliach no sport. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Just a quick answer to this WhatsApp that's in saying, Hi Patricia, if uh, we, if my children plus grandchildren who live in the United Kingdom, if they want to come home on holidays in July, do they have to self-isolate for 14 days in Rosslare when we live in Cork? There's nothing on the media about it. No. What happens is when they arrive into the country, they're asked to fill in a location form of where they're going to be staying for the next 14 days that so they'd put down, I'm assuming they're staying with you in, in the house, they put down your name 
name, uh, your address of where they'll be for the next 14 days. And the, and the idea is then that they isolate in your house and they don't go out and mix with the general public. That's what people have been asked to do. It isn't a mandatory self-isolation. They're just asking people to say where they'll be for the next uh, 14 days. So no, they, they, we don't have isolation centres as they have in other countries. We certainly don't have them here. 1850 Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mystery Veterinary Group, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. Uh, you're welcome to the programme. Now, firstly, somebody has sent in a very good suggestion and said to Margaret and Charlotte, well, thank you, Margaret, for this, to get Jane to mention this. Would you please remind everyone that there's thunder forecasts for this evening and to watch your pets? Oh, absolutely. I think we always see a big spate of pets missing and pets being presented to us after storms. I know, like, my own dog, Margot, she's this leggy little greyhound, like, half an hour before the thunder starts she starts shivering and shaking and we know we have to keep them inside the house so if we know there's going to be a spate of bad weather the first thing i'd say is try and keep your pets inside um if they're a little bit worried sometimes turning on the music or the tv um and giving them somewhere kind of safe to hide and relax um is a really good strategy but also just try and pretend nothing is happening um because sometimes they can pick up on our worry and fear for them and interpret that as well the thunder is something i should be worried about because my owner is freaked out so i think just try and keep everything very relaxed but the priority is keep them in keep them safe and a word of warning i think microchipping is really really essential in this country because we have spades of bad weather lots of pets go missing and i think nothing gives me as much joy as scanning a pet that's gone missing and realizing that it's microchipped and that it has a valid phone number that i can get it home safe to its owner very very swiftly and it's absolutely heartbreaking when i scan a missing dog and and they haven't got a chip and i know the likelihood of them getting home is is really really slim so if your dog is a microchipped and or even your cat to be honest um speak to your vet get the microchipped make sure your details on the database are up to date because it'll it'll save a lot of heartache and a dog can travel a long distance if they get a fright with thunder Oh, absolutely. And I think the scary thing is that they'll sometimes just run out of fear and where they would have normally known kind of their boundaries of how to get back from where they were. All of a sudden, they'll find themselves in a totally new territory, potentially where they've never been before and they have no no idea where to go. So they kind of just wander and usually in the wrong direction. Yeah. And then if the thunder keeps going, they just keep running and running and running because they're just trying to get away from from the loud Mm. noise. So pets locked in tonight, please, because we do know it's on the way. Okay. good afternoon, Patricia. Question, please, for Jane Yvette. I have a five year old cat who's lost his voice. He opens his mouth to meow. Nothing is coming out. Now, he's well, perfect and he's purring away, but it's just he's he's there's no sound coming out. Could it be laryngitis? It could actually. This is a really interesting one. Your poor little cat. I think you've done really well making sure that he's otherwise well in himself and he's happy and that there's lots of prayers happening. But it does sound like maybe there is a problem or an inflammation in the voice box at the back of the throat and the larynx. Um, if it's a young cat, I think it's, it's probably just that they've got a little bit of a flu or a little bit of an inflammation in the larynx. But I think it definitely warrants presenting to your vet purely because it is a change and change is always what we look for as vets. Um, so any change from the norm. So just to have a look at the back of the throat, make sure there's nothing caught that might be upsetting the pet, but not necessarily obstructing, purring or eating. Um, And just to make sure that everything is otherwise fine. Like I suppose for your little cat, it might be a little bit frustrating and they can't sing the song of their people and make their usual noises. But um, I suppose it's it's unlikely to be causing any significant pain if it is just a a loss of a meow. But I think it does warrant investigation because just in case there's something a little bit more serious underlying that might need treatment, I think have a chat to your vet.
get. Okay, I have a Yorkie, says a listener. She's got dry eye. I've been giving her eye drops and it is helping. But there is, what this mm-hmm. listener says is a scale in her eye. I don't know if she means a film. Uh, what can I do? Thank you. Maybe. Okay. So there's a few things that could be going on here. First and foremost, well done for presenting to your vet and getting a diagnosis. Dry eye is really, really common, particularly in our older small breed dogs. And essentially it is what it says on the tin. It's dry eyes, not enough tears. Um, And you can imagine if that was us as a human, it'd be really uncomfortable having kind of perpetually dry eyes. And it does make them predisposed to other things like secondary bacterial infections, which can be really nasty. Um, And also ulcers in the eye, so scratches on the eye because it's not well lubricated. I think it's good that you're on some drops for your vet and that's fabulous. If you've noticed uh, a scale, it could be one of two things. It could be uh, a gunkiness that's building up again and it could be a bit of a bacterial infection. Or if it's kind of a drier scale, I would worry that there might be an ulcer or a scratch on the surface of the eye. So I think it's definitely worth mentioning to your vet um, and have a discussion about them, whether the pet needs to be seen. It sounds like it probably needs just a repeat eye exam. And all of my dry eye cases, we would see them on a regular basis just to keep on top of things because when they're well managed everything's really comfortable for the pet but sometimes um if there's secondary problems it can be it can be really really difficult for them to be comfortable and to have kind of comfort in the eye area so i think have a chat to your vet Hi, uh, Patricia and Jane. I have a collie-bred big male dog, 17 years old, so an old dog. But he's very nervous wow. about walking on wooden floors. It's almost like he thinks he's going to slip. Now, he'll walk everywhere else. He's a very active dog. He's a very healthy dog. How do I get him over his fear of wooden floors? Mm, this is a really interesting one. I would wonder if if this little collie has always been afraid of wooden floors, then it may just be something it has in its head that it thinks, oh, for some reason, wooden floors are a bit scary. If it's always been that way, it may just be something behavioural. It may just be the feeling of it that he doesn't like. If it's a change, however, that's really interesting. Because if it's a change, it could mean that there's some degree of discomfort in the mobility. And I suppose if you imagine yourself, if like I've got a sore knee, okay, so mm-hmm. I have ongoing knee problems. And if if I run on grass, I'm really comfortable. But if I run on tarmac, I'm really sore. And that's to do with like how, how the surface reacts when we walk across it. It's exactly the same for dogs and cats. So if they have underlying joint pain and if he finds that timber surface a little bit slippy, he may be jarring his joints a little bit more or having to use his muscles a lot more than normal so if it's a change for him it definitely warrants investigation i think really really well done on noticing that this is a change for him if it is a change because it's really the subtle signs with pets that tell us the most because that means we can intervene early and help them out if there is a source of discomfort so i think really well done on noticing it i'd contact your vet and um, just give him a full check over and make sure that there's no joint or muscular pain that might be causing some t- like a, a tentativeness on a different surface but i suppose if it's always been that way it may just be behavioral it might just be a funny little thing and at 17 years it's hard to break something that's been going on that long yeah. isn't it yeah Uh, Absolutely. Margaret says, I have a four-year-old male cattle dog. He howls a lot. Well-fed, watered, exercised, very healthy, but he howls. How do you stop a dog from howling? Mm, I think if he's otherwise healthy in himself, he's probably just having a, a good old howl very difficult to stop to be totally honest because it is kind of behavioral it's in, it's ingrained into their nature i suppose to to make noise and try and talk to other animals um i would just make sure i i assume from what this caller is saying that the howling isn't associated with let's say pain or discomfort because the animal sounds like it's otherwise really well um if it is just having a good old sing at certain times of the day it does sound behavioral 
I think distraction is probably your best tactic. So if the howling starts, maybe go for a walk with your dog or distract him with a toy, try and break the behavior, but really really stopping a behavior like howling which is quite kind of I suppose part and parcel of their nature in certain dogs is a real real challenge but I understand it can be super frustrating particularly if you have neighbors close by and if let's say sound is a problem but yeah distraction is okay the best. and a cat with mange around his neck what is the treatment Okay, so first and foremost, I would make sure that it is actually mange. If you've had a diagnosis from your vet, they'll be able to prescribe you treatment and that can come in spot on or depending on the type of mange, a wash format. So it really depends. But what I would say is cats, the most common things that will cause a scale and a scurf and an irritation would be more common things like fleas and mites. Um, mange and, and more sinister causes of itching can be actually quite difficult to treat. Um, so I think definitely warrants assessment by your vet. Sometimes we can tell from simply looking at the pet. Sometimes we might need to do some initial investigations just to test the top of the skin under a microscope um, to see if we can see any creepy crawlies wandering around and to be able to assess which type of creepy crawly they are. Um, so I think definitely make sure it is mange speak to your vet and they'll be able to guide you as to appropriate treatment but it is curable is it if it was mange yeah yeah absolutely absolutely depending on the type it can be a little bit more challenging to cure but yeah it's definitely curable contagious if there's other cats around potentially yes yeah particularly and as with any parasite fleas mites lice uh, to be totally honest, if there's more than one pet in the household, keeping up with your regular ectoparasites, so your regular defleeing, demiting de treatments at all of the pets in the household at the same time is really essential because there actually can be a bit of crossover between dogs and cats as well, but it usually stays within the same species. But um, yeah, I'd w- watch the other pets in the house. Yeah, and it is flea season, isn't it, at the moment with the warm weather? Yeah. Keep it is, it is, and I think that's the that's the thing. It's very warm, but at the moment, to be totally honest, everybody has such good central heating. It's kind of flea season all year round these days because it's nice and warm inside. Oh, I didn't think of that. It can be all year round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, be. I think most people only associate it with the summer, but it is something that you need to stay on top of all year round. Okay, all right. Listen, Yasanda, you're in a busy spot there, are you? I can hear a lot of activity. I, 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 a little bit. I tried to go to the cor- quietest corner of my busy practice, but here we are. My apologies. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. It's good, it's good to hear you busy. Listen, stay safe and we'll talk again next week. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Jane Pickett, our resident vet at the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the uh, Mill Street uh, Veterinary uh, Group. Okay, that's where I leave you for today. Uh, Thank you to everybody who's uh, contacted us on the programme. A lot of commentary coming in uh, today. We always appreciate your calls and your texts and your WhatsApps. And our apologies if we didn't get around to all of them. We do read them all. I promise you that uh, when we go off uh, air. Thanks to John Paul and to Sadie for taking your calls today. We are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Stay safe. We've just launched a brand new radio station exclusively online. C103 Anthems. To listen to C103 Anthems, download our phone app, ask your smart speaker, or go to c103.ie. Anthems. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.